on my gravestone it will say he watched more <laughs> Kickboxer than the people that made Kickboxer. I don't want my chief puffs to get moldy and, and old. <laughs> I have never and will never be a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> 90s nostalgia is big now. I'm going to be relevant again. The hair is long and curly in this movie. Along with some good special effects, I might add. Yep, I like to go outside. I like to go on adventures. Oh, I've moved on to my, my old gummy snacks now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that has such sights to show you. I'm Eric Martin. I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Jess Hicks. And we got a fun one tonight. We're going to do half a roulette. We're going to do half an Oscar chat. We'll do a little Oscar contest update. And then we're going to do a lot of recently watched. And we uh, had to do kind of a short uh, recording week this week. We are recording on a Monday, which means there isn't a big gap between when we last recorded. So that always makes it for pretty interesting. But since it's the last day of February and... Uh, yeah, well, I'll get into that. Uh, it's an yeah. extra day of February. Extra day, that's right. A special day. Um, yes, the roulette. Let's get onto that right away. That, that's where we force each other to watch movies on our queue so that uh, hopefully we can get out of watching the crappy ones and find more of those gems in the rough. But this episode, we're only going to do half a roulette. The re- reason being is that tomorrow is March 1st, and Netflix dumps all of their stuff on, or gets all of their updated stuff on March 1st. And so we thought, you know what? We'll do our reviews from the last roulette. Tomorrow the stuff will come out. And maybe by the time... Uh, actually, what I could do is I could probably even dump in a little recorded segment where I say what movies we picked for the next round. Uh, that yeah, way, we, that way we have more options, because mm-hmm. this won't go up till Saturday. Um, so, we'll see. Uh, so, on the ne- just to clarify, on the next Movie Freaks podcast, we will actually... Give reviews of... No. We're actually going... To- the next episode is a special episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm spoiling it. Oh. Yeah, it's all right. Bury the lead. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Disregard. Nothing to see here. Move along. Don't, don't forget <laughs> to Apparently, your we don't... Thanks for listening. We, it's all right. We don't really have <laughs> such sites to show you. Um, <laughs> yeah. We uh, have yeah, exactly. sounds to make you listen to. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the next episode will be a special edition episode. A movie freaks first. We're going to do a commentary track for a film. What film? Hmm. We still haven't maybe decided yet, but we're getting into debating and really narrowing it down. And we'll maybe we'll yeah. just have to find out. Who knows? Maybe by the, time, by the time I put this up, we'll have figured it out. And I'll drop in another little clip and let you know what that is. Um, if not, wait and be surprised in two weeks. Uh, okay. Roulette this week. Uh, we have Tangerine, An Honest Liar, and Railway Man. Jess, you have the pole position, so go ahead with your review of Railway Man. All right, yeah, so brief synopsis here. A former British Army officer who is tormented by a prisoner of war at a... I'm sorry, as a prisoner of war at a Japanese labor camp during World War II, discovers that the man responsible for much of his treatment is still alive and sets out to confront him. So this movie is, uh, it it had a lot of names in it. Uh, Colin Firth, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, and Nicole Kidman, um, all star in this. And I don't know, this movie came out in 2003, um, and from... As far as I remember, I don't remember it getting a theatrical release, so this must have been one of those really, really indie 
movies that they just somehow managed to to get like three really big people in it and go, okay, here we go. You're going to be in this really tiny movie, but it's going to give you all this money to do uh, uh, other projects you want to do, I guess. Um, hmm. And so I uh, I liked it. It's an hour and 56 minutes, so it's a little raw, a long, but it doesn't feel long. It gets doesn't waste any time getting right to it. Um, the title does say The Railway Man. Um, Colin first character uh, is a train enthusiast. How he likes to say throughout the movie. And I don't, side note, I don't understand people who are obsessed with trains. If someone can explain that fascination to me at some point, that would be fantastic. <laughs> but um, he's obsessed, so he, he rides trains back and forth all day with meticulously making maps and everything. And, and he's always been like this, and that, that plays a, a part later on when we start to get more into the flashbacks and the actual story, uh, his actual story um, of being a POW at the Japanese camp. But he meets uh, Nicole Kidman right off the bat, right immediately as the movie starts. They kind of do a breezy, like, kind of fall in love at first sight and, and speed up the love story to get up to the POW camp part of the movie because this is based on a true story. So essentially it's it's just a truer version of the bridge on the River Kwai. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, okay, nice. With uh, quite a bit more uh, torture. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's very... It, I will say one thing about this movie is it is gorgeously shot. It's it's beautiful to look at, and they do depict the scenes when once they do start getting into his flashback is you know why why he Nicole Kidman is upset because all of a sudden he starts having these really bad episodes and because they kind of had a whirlwind romance where she didn't really get to know him and understand what's going on she has to learn through Stellan Skarsgård that they were in World War II together um, the British had surrendered and. Uh, or at least their section had, and they were turned over to the Japanese um, and basically sent to build, you know, the, the uh, uh, train, uh, a railroad. Um, and it's grueling, awful work. And the, during it, they're all engineers, and they, they build a radio, and, and they get found out. So basically, Colin Firth, a character, up, uh, gives up himself, and the rest of it is him basically being just tortured as a, as a POW. They show very graphic um, beatings. I mean, he, he's beat to hell in this. He's waterboarded, and I will say that waterboarding is just probably one of the absolute worst things that humans have invented to do to each other. And it's painful to watch at points. But overall, I, I really liked it. It was a good story. It is based on a true story. Um, so... It's not quite as revengey as maybe a fiction story would have been, mm -hmm. um, as far as that goes. But you, it, it, it's it's intense at points, and I it, I enjoyed it. And I kind of, it's got a seven point one out of ten on on IMDb for whatever that's worth. And I I kind oh. of feel like this might might have been a little bit of a missed a missed movie for a lot of people. That if, if it sounds know, good, I mean, you sold yeah. it really well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know that I will ever really need to go back to it just because that's not really my my area of movie that I visit often. I, I enjoy war, war movies and POW movies, but I I liked this one a lot, and I, it's definitely worth it. It has a speedy pace, so don't let that almost two hour runtime throw you because it does not waste any time getting into what it wants to tell you. And Colin Firth, I enjoy. I Colin Firth is one of my favorites. 
and he's he's perfect in this one too. Nicole Kidman has a very her her role is very small, um, but I mean she's still she's Nicole Kidman, so I enjoy her too. Um, but yeah, I would definitely give this a thumbs up. I would definitely recommend both of you watch this for sure. I'll definitely keep nice. it in my oh, yeah. queue. That sounds good. Yeah, we need to come up with a term for that kind of movie where it's like, this is a good movie. I'll probably never watch it again. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those true stories where it's like, okay, now I know the story. I don't need to revisit Right. It. I totally understand what you're talking about. There's a one, a one and done. That, one and done, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But not in a bad way. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, my turn. Yeah, as if you're done. Sorry, don't want to step in. I am done. Okay. That is all I have to say about the railway man. Uh, over to me. It is Tangerine. Uh, the Netflix synopsis is a little different than the IMDb, so I'm gonna kind of read both because it plays into my review. Because I feel I was a smidge misled by the Netflix one. <laughs> Fresh out of a stint in jail, transgender prostitute Cindy, uh, spelled S-I-N-D-E, get it, Cindy, and mm-hmm. her pal Alexandra hit the street, uh, crazy streets of L.A. to get revenge on her fickle pimp. Uh, what do you guys picture when you hear that? Fickle pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking more I, about the revenge part. but <laughs> I know, but fickle pimp is just is hilarious to me. I don't know why. It's kind of right up there with uh, mewling quim. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I guess yeah. I would think, you know, like her, her pimp done her wrong and she's out to like screw him over in some fashion. Maybe like, I, I don't really know how a, how how a prostitute would screw over her pimp as far as maybe like money or drugs or something like that. But Okay, let me read the IMDb synopsis. A working girl tears through Tinseltown on Christmas Eve searching for the pimp who broke her heart. Mm. Here we go. Yeah, so she's in love it's, with her. Pimp. It's more of the IMDb synopsis. I was expecting oh. kind of more of a revenge flick where she's on a rampage, going to be maybe killing some people along the way. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it's not like that at all. <laughs> uh. um, <and laughs> Is that a bad thing though? I, well, that definitely would have made it better. Yeah, but, oh yeah, that makes any movie was, better. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? I, I don't know. I was in. I was thinking revenge flick. Anyway, it it is. Don't let that hamper the movie. It's a good movie. Uh, both of you should give it a watch. I'm curious what you think about it. It definitely falls into that one and done for me. I enjoyed watching the film very much. I won't watch it again. I don't need to. I already watched it. iPhone, though? You, you like that it was shot with an iPhone? Like, did you know? Like, oh, how was it? The... I didn't even. Yeah, that whole movie was yeah, shot on an iPhone. 5, I think. Yeah, I didn't even notice. And, and, wow. But, uh, okay, now I was going to talk a lot about the shooting of this movie, I should, guess I should have done some research on it, but I wanted to talk to, about how it looks, and how it sounds, and how it feels. This feels like a 90s movie, a 90s independent movie, in the vein of a uh, a Linklater or a Kevin Smith movie, mm. as far as, mm-hmm. like, Slacker. This feels like Slacker. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So nice. the the look of the film, there's lots of, it's hard, I don't even know what the right term would be for it, because it's not a sapia tone, but it's sort of that magic hour where they're catching a lot of evening sunset in the background camera, so there's a very orange kind of look to a lot of it. It is tangerine. There's a lot of tangerines in every, and all different scenes. Um And I don't know what the title means about anything, but it, nonetheless, it's a, it's a, <laughs> A conversation movie where people are just talking the whole movie. They're 
she's talking okay. about this, that we're going to do this, I'm going to get that bit. They yeah. say bitch about 12 billion times in this movie. <laughs> bitch, don't tell don't me how to bitch. do this, bitch. I'm going to go get that bitch, bitch, bitch. Um, <laughs> but it was very entertaining in that, like I said, 90s, Linklater, uh, Kevin Smith sort of way. I mean, this know, all is, is selling me on it. Like, that that all sounds good to me. I'm, it's It's good, but it's very interesting because the two mains are... Uh, transvestites. Yeah, that that adds a whole different level to it, uh, as far as because you've kind of seen this kind of idea before, but not with these people as main characters, and so that's what makes it okay. more interesting, at least from where I was sitting. Um, and I was very happy that they didn't. Uh, you, you know, you, how do I put it? Um, they could have made that a focal point of the film, and they didn't at all, which I like very much. It was the same way with, with Sense8, where they had a transgender person as one of the main characters, and oh. they almost didn't address it at all. It's just, that that's a transgender person, that just that's a character, move along. It's not... Oh, I like that's that. A, that's yeah, what we call progress. Exactly, yes. exactly. <laughs> and that's that, because I hate it when it's like, we got to spend the whole movie diving on... That is yep. the issue, especially in something like this where that's not the issue. Like, let's see how many people we can make make comments like, I don't know what she he is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for focusing on that. That's totally missing <laughs> the point. Right. And it was so not the point of this. And that, yeah. that's why it was very interesting to watch because I was like, oh, they're, they're, they're going to doing this and that. And the other, you know, it's interesting. They're having their conversations and you're looking forward to meeting the people at the other end of the story. And then you get there and you're just like, I mean, and there's these whole kind of side arcs. They, you might have been able to trim this thing down a little bit. I'm not giving this thing like massive thumbs up or it should have won any awards or anything like that. It was just sort of like, eh, it was an entertaining one watch. There was a lot of uh, just derailing a little bit into some Oscar stuff. There was I saw I heard that they were a little bit peeved that it didn't get like a nod for anything, and I haven't watched it yet, so I can't didn't deserve really an attest to what it. I was gonna say people were saying, well, you know, it's technical achievement. I'm like, no, I don't know that shooting on an iPhone is exactly. It could have been. I shot a movie on a phone once. Yeah, you did. (laughs) But is it technical achievements? No. I mean, I guess except for the fact that it looks like a movie. I mean, but again, I think that's more of just a progress in technology. Agreed. And look at the people I compared it to. Slacker and Clerks are not known for their visual achievements. No. As much as I appreciate those movies. But how is the the CGI in it? <laughs> uh, huh? Nope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, overall, I give the movie a thumbs up. Yes. Uh, and wow. Steve, what? Two f- oh no, I'm just impressed. So far, it's uh, it's two out of three thumbs up for our, the roulette. And I think we, yeah. we called this too. See, last week. I told you. Yeah. Well, that's because we took shit, shit, and shit last week. So. And then it's like, okay, safe, safe, and safe. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, Okay, that's about all for Tangerine. the movie freaks, we we can only take risks so often. Yes, yeah, that is oh, right. Lord. Yep. Um, so anyway, I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. So de- definitely give it a watch at some point. It's definitely high up on my list. It's not very long either, right? Uh, it's nine ninety. I mean, our friend over at uh, Cinema Sidekick, Steve, he really liked that movie. Correct? Yeah, I know he, said he, he gave it. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And we had it at the nightlight, and it was pretty well received. Yeah. Uh, pause, Eugene. Yeah. Behind you. Is there a ghost behind me or something? Uh, your door just started sliding open. It's creeping me the fuck out. You're gonna. 
is fine or okay? <laughs> Nothing? Okay. No, one, no one's in the house except me and evil spirits, so we're good. Keep okay, talking. let me just, uh, no, I'll just hit record and slowly Christian Bale will walk in with an axe and it'll be all good. Huey, Huey Lewis starts booming in the background. And yeah. It's, yeah, you're like, I'm good and I'm sitting here like pointing and Eugene's like, huh? It's probably the AC that kicked on or the, uh, the heater kicked on or whatever and like, or evil spirits, whatever. It's Smooshed fine. it open. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not going to cut that out. We'll just yeah. leave it. And in. somehow this could end up being a horror movie that we're actually taping through Skype. So uh, there is enough of those last year. Let's not. Uh, they they yes. did that already. Yes. Unfriended. Uh, but I. What would be great is if Stephen walked in the bed and he just stood oh, there with an axe and just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, "Tell me again about Tangerine." Yeah. Uh, or Frank. <laughs> and hip to B squared. Yeah, he said, that's what he said. That's where I was going next. He, he mentioned on Facebook, he said he was looking forward to my review, and uh, yeah. except that he really liked Frank and I didn't. Uh, nothing, this is not anything like Frank. <laughs> mm. Where that was so much posturing and performing of being weird. And this is just, it felt very real and natural and... Like Gummo. Kind of like Gummo? Uh, no, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, that they are, I don't think that those people are actors. Mm-mm. I think that the, that was something that I heard, that they're kind of non-actors, so that might be adding into the real people kind of feel. Yeah, I kind of assume so, because they did it so well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, either way, uh, okay, Eugene, I'm an honest liar. Okay, uh, here is the safe pick. And anytime it's a documentary, it's to me those are almost like mulligans because they're almost all documentaries. You can find some good stuff in a documentary, and this is this is uh, same really interesting movie documentary about James Randi. He is a he was a, was a renowned stage magician turned uh, scientific skeptic on the paranormal. And he basically is out to debunk any and all magic type stuff. Uh, and and it, it was really good. It was fascinating the whole way through. It, it takes kind of a, a major left turn. I'm going to kind of spoil a little bit here. A little bit. Um, but he is gay. And uh, so, like, kind of what, what, Jess, what you were talking about. Like, they actually make mm-hmm. this kind of a focal point of the movie because the, the individual that he uh, is in love with is um is from another country and it kind of delves and it kind of turns into a getting his citizenship here in the states and oh. all that stuff um uh, but this guy is old like really 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 old um and it it was just such a sharp left turn from the the first half of the movie but it worked really well and it actually gave it a lot more of an emotional punch to the movie where it turns into a uh, is this guy are 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 they going to be together or not uh because of what's got, kind of going on and with the court stuff but it was a fun it was a, it was a good movie I and mean, it was especially the first part of it i really like the first part with dealing with the m- magic stuff uh talking about that stuff and how people get upset with him and um the guy is of course extremely intelligent and uh very quirky and interesting and there's not a ton to say about the movie other than it's just another very well-made interesting documentary um and the fact that they threw that that left turn in there to kind of almost make it something that it like you weren't expecting was was cool 
And it made like it, yeah, because that wasn't in the description at all. I know. Yeah, it's not, and it's like the the last half of the movie deals with that issue. So yeah, I guess you know. Sorry for spoilers, but no, I'm at, that's more like a warning. It's good to know that because I you might be disappointed. You might want him being calling people out on stage, doing screwing up their magic acts, and instead yeah. he's it's this whole yeah. other thing. It's a very big dramatic thing, um, but it's very touching towards the end. It gets very touching, and and because they focus more on his personal life, but it was a good movie. I I liked it. Very big thumbs up. I mean, I don't want to say big thumbs up. This falls right under the category of you should give it a watch. It's definitely worth one watch. I probably won't watch it again, but that that goes with quite a bit of documentaries. Is a lot of documentaries you watch, and it's like, okay, that was really interesting, and I'm glad to have watched it. I'm glad to have, to know that stuff, and now moving on to the next one. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay. Well, anyway, there. all right. Good round of roulettes, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was yeah. And by the way, this was significantly better than the H.R. Geiger. Uh, documentary. <laughs> sitting, this was, sitting in his undies, eating some oatmeal. Kind yeah, of. there was. Yeah, this was actually interesting, and and what was on screen should have been on screen. Cool. So yeah. Okay. Well, we will have uh, the next round of picks coming up this week, and Jess will get to pick first since it's her turn. Uh, and I will let everybody know what those are. That way, we're all prepped for the next uh, episode after next. Whenever we get back to the roulette. Yeah. The question uh, is. The question is. Who is going to, who is going to have this movie on their roulettes for the everybody else, and who's going to pick it? And that would be, I'm sure, one of us. This is just a teaser. I will be surprised if one of us doesn't have the new Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon on the roulette, unless we've already watched it. I have not, but um, I have not yet. But I'll tell not. you right now, don't even bother putting it on because it's probably going to get watched this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> high priority for me. My only yeah. reason I didn't was because of length. Uh, it was, and I yeah. fell down a Hellraiser rabbit hole <laughs> to hell. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good rabbit hole. Yeah. But, yes, it is. But, you're, yeah. but wait a minute, Eric. <laughs> y- you mean to tell me that you don't want to binge watch Fuller House oh. this weekend? <laughs> I actually, after fighting myself uh, tooth and nail, I finally watched the trailer just so I can see. Uh, oh, oh my you god! Got than I oh did. my god! Anybody? Seriously, I, you know what it looks like. Yeah, full house. Oh, enough wow. said. Yeah, yeah, enough said. If you remember that, I'm, garbage. I'm contemplating watching some some episodes to review it like it's a horror movie. Oh, you're lying. The Tanner you're so family lying. has been cursed. <laughs> the Tanner family has been cursed, and DJ's husband dies in a terrible accident, forcing accident forcing her to move back into into the house. And Kimmy what Gibbler's kind of terrors can await her? The ghosts of the Olsen yeah, Kimmy twins. Gimblers. Yeah, the, the Olsen no, twins are not in, no, this, evident- in this show, right? No, and evidently yeah. they're like making fun of them hardcore in it. Like they just keep throwing shade at them every like chance they get. And I'm like, well, sorry that they made money and don't have to do every crap job somebody gives them. Yeah. <laughs> it, wow. Now is uh, is uh, uh, I forget his name. I can't believe I'm I'm dumb and dumber. John guy. Stamos. Not John. The other, oh. Um, Oh, dumb, and, dumb and dumber guy. Or was he not You're in it? You're thinking of Uncle Joey. Yes. You're thinking of Dave Coulier. Oh, damn it. I got it wrong. Yes, he's in it. I apologize. Yeah, they're all in it. And I guess Kimmy Gibbler moves in, and her whole thing is that she's stuck in the 90s, so it's just a rolling 90s joke constantly. Oh, no. I'm I'm, now, Jess, you're younger <laughs> than us. Be honest. Are you a fan? No, I hated that show. Okay. <laughs> I hated it. Every stupid little touching moment they had, oh. every lesson that they learned at the end of the show, I was like, this is a bunch of bullshit. It was lame. I, liked, I, 
I didn't like any of that. I didn't like Step by Step. I didn't like Family Matters. I didn't like any of those. What? Why? If I'm watching, if I'm watching sitcoms, I'm watching old sitcoms like Lucy and Laverne and Shirley and shit like that. Sanford and Son begins and ends. I like Sanford and Son. There we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> God, Full House. Why are we talking about this? Okay. Oh, because it's, it's relevant. <laughs> it's new, I guess. We, we should comment. <laughs> Three non-fan, two and a half non-fans here. That's what we got. <laughs> Jess, Jess is a closet what? Full House fan. I, I, I can hear I it in your voice. <laughs> you're like, nope. <laughs> you're like, that I one's I do cute. not. <laughs> I mean, John Stamos is cute. <laughs> I wish they would have made it like a hard, like mature audience only, like a raunchy, like weird. That would have been great. It would have been hard rated R based on what's his name's comedy, the the head guy. Yes, Bob Saget. He's a yes. raunchy bastard on com like on stand up. I've heard that it's a, that Jody Sweeten is a little bit revealing on that show that she's she's wearing blouses that are a little bit low cut. Mm. Oh, she People she turned into out. like a crack whore after that show. That thing ruined. Yeah, her she life. did. Yeah. Why are we talking about DJ Full House? Tur- What's going on? <laughs> this just this is your fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn kids. <laughs> I opened the Lamont configuration and yes, that's what happened. <sighs> Out came Jody Sweeten. Okay, let's move on to... That is a phase worse than hell. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A hook right in my fucking tongue. <laughs> um, okay, let's... let's uh, uh, last night was the Oscars, and I'm not going to sit here and break them down like everybody in the world is doing. Uh, so... Because that's not what we do. We don't want to do everything that everybody else does because it's boring and you can find it a million other places. But I did want to uh, get any thoughts from you guys. Any surprises? That's what I always like to talk about. Uh, anything that kind of you found really amiss? I didn't think there was a whole lot of surprises last night. Only a couple of little things for me. Uh, any- Jess, no. But Jess, you're up first if, if you want to crack the... Uh, um. I, I wasn't really. I don't think there were any. There were too many surprises. I was happy that. I mean, I was happy that Mad Max swept all the technical awards. I, w- I was too. happy about that. And um, I don't know that it was necessarily surprised because I knew damn well that they weren't going to give it any of the big ones. So they would just to kind of save face, give them all the technical awards. I was hoping for that, but on the other hand, they. Look at Alejandro's <laughs> face if you want to know how he oh, felt about God. Mad Max winning makeup, wardrobe, yeah. and he was art design. He was guy left and right it was, all night long. Wow, I was I, I was surprised that they gave him those awards over over the Revenant. I really was. Or yeah, the Danish girl. I I was pretty surprised by that. I the, yeah. I mean that one. The costume design and everything would have been fine. They, they love the they period. They do. Pieces. I think, Car- but yeah, but Carol was such a better had a better production design. But I don't even think it was nominated for that one. No. So I'm glad that. I mean, how, I'm sorry, but no production design award gets better than giving it to somebody who has a guitar playing <laughs> heathen attached to a yeah <laughs> attached to a, a speeding car. But no, I don't think there was anything surprising. I I liked Chris Rock. I thought he did a lot. I mean, I've watched the last three Oscars all, like in in their entirety, from like Ellen, Neil Patrick Harris, and Chris Rock, and he's been the best out of the most recent ones. I think I did watch a, a lot of the clips online here the next day because I don't watch it live. ABC makes it right. impossible to do that. Um, yes, yes, they do. If you don't have cable, they're cable like, nope, sign-in provider, blah blah blah. Yeah, even if you have all that, they only do it in certain cities. I, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and it was all very, very funny, way funnier than maybe even the last five 
of the ones I've yeah. watched clips of. Uh, but yeah, as far as surprises for me, I have two notes here. I wanted, obviously, I wanted Mad Max to win Best Picture. I knew that was not going to happen. I assumed, like everybody, right. that it was more than likely going to be The Revenant, but I actually figured Spotlight would take it. Um, I I just wanted Mad Max to win stuff. That's all I wanted. And it ended up winning way more than I thought it would, so I was mm-hmm. very it happy about that. It won more than any other movie, I think. Yeah, which is fantastic. The other surprise for me was in visual effects. Um, I did not think it was going to be Ex Machina. There, I mean, oh a, yeah, that, that, kind of I, a, that a I was shot, but surprised by. That was kind of a long shot, but it got in there, and I, I, hey, kudos to them, good for them. I, I thought that was pretty sweet. Uh, Eugene, your thoughts? Um, well, I'm first and foremost, first and foremost, uh, quite pleased that Leonardo DiCaprio won Best Actor. Mm. That was honestly that. Other than Revenant not winning Best Picture, I was like, as long as he wins Best Actor, all else will be forgiven. Chris Rock, I watched some of his clips as well. They were funny. Uh, his opening monologue was really good. Uh, some of them, I I personally have not seen, I don't know if I've seen any of the uh, supporting actor movies. Uh, personally, I was hoping for Sylvester Stallone because it just felt like this is his last shot to possibly win something. And... Grant, whoever, the, the gentleman that won from uh, Bridge of Spies. Ryan something. Probably was better, but I, I was still like, ah, oh, that would have been cool for good old Stallone to win something. But uh, other than that, the the James Bond song. Oh, uh, that was, okay, that was another surprise to me because that was That horrible. was a total fail. Yeah, I didn't even see, see any of the others, but my God. Ugh. But then again, but then again, this is the Academy that gave 3-6 Mafia a freaking Golden Statue Oscar. So, they don't know music, obviously. Yeah. I don't know your guys' feelings on Lady Gaga in general, either as a person or as a talent, whether you have feelings on her or not. I don't. I mean, whatever. Meh, meh yeah. thumbs down. I personally, re- I personally really like her. As I, I like her music. I like it's poppy and catchy, and I like her standard stuff that she does with Tony Bennett as well. But um, as a person, I think she's actually one of the more genuine famous people out there. And that every time I see her accepting an award or talking or something, she just seems like she really, really means what she's saying. And she sang the shit out of that original song that she did for um, the documentary Hunting Ground, which if you guys don't know, it's about the epidemic of, of I rape think that on was campus. On the yeah, I watched that. Yeah. It's a great was movie. It? Yeah, it's a yeah. hardcore movie. That was not a pleasant watch. That's the song that she sang right right before they gave out that award, and they had a whole bunch of victims come out like on the stage, and they all had you know stuff written on their arms like Survivor. It happened to be both men and women, and Joe Biden came out and gave a big speech about yeah, I saw that people being needing to be more aware of it, and she sang her heart out on that song that she was she was crying, and there's a whole thing going on with Kesha right now that's a whole big issue as far as rape goes. And then they gave the award to Sam Smith for that song, oh. and it was just like, oh, man. And I mean, like, Sam Smith, he's, I don't like him as a singer. He seems like a nice guy, and I liked his speech, too. But it just, like, if I were Sam Smith, I would have been like, you know what? No. Here you go, lady. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that song, from me. I don't that need song it. was so terrible. He sounds like a Muppet with marbles. Oh, my God. Like, they just, a few weeks ago, they released um, the song that Radiohead made for Spectre. Yeah. And then they decided mm-hmm. to go with the Sam Smith one. And I, like, I, did, I hadn't watched the movie at that point, so I just listened to the Radiohead song. I'm a Radiohead fan. I, that's my wheelhouse. 
of 90s. And I was like, I mean, as far as a Radiohead song goes, like, yeah, Yeah, it but wasn't it, bad. I was like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. And then I watched Spectre and was like, oh my god, give me that Radiohead song. Like, I'll headbang mm-hmm. to that shit compared to this garbage. <laughs> Holy crap, like, this is It just awful. is so downbeat. Yeah. It's just so down-tempo. It's, there is, is nothing not... good about that song whatsoever. <laughs> no. You can up-tempo, down, it's, it's just shit. It's terrible. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Golden statue. Put that on your... Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, so, but I... I'm sure Spotlight is going to be good. I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, but I, that, as we've discussed before, Revenant really clicked with me. I was hoping that would win, but, uh, Alejandro got the best act or best director award. Leo picked up best actor. So it's good. And even as you guys well know that my negative, not negative, but not, uh, overwhelming glowing review of Revenant. And I was totally fine with Mine Alejandro too. being best director. I had no problem with that whatsoever. I knew they weren't going to give it to George Miller. Again, I knew that they would not go that far with Mad Max. If they did, that would have been awesome. I would have loved I, that. that. Been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And on on a final note, I just want to say I'm super happy that Ennio Marcone won. Yeah, that, that was I a shoe am in. So happy I wasn't surprised he by finally that at all. got it. Yeah. No, I wasn't surprised, but I'm fine. I'm glad that he finally got his due because the man's like 900 years old, <laughs> really? and it was going to be one of those lifetime achievement awards after he died if it didn't happen. Practically, yeah. Speaking practically of people it was who anyway. Died, yeah. Well, yeah, they totally forgot Abe Bogota and several yeah. other people, and they're in memorum last night. Uh, but Angus Grimm was not. Uh, that's all part. That of the is course. not surprising. It's all part of the course. They do this every year. They always forget some. Like how many people are in your freaking profession? They still forget. Yeah, Are they. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Whatever. I don't know. Angus, Angus Scrim. I was surprised that they missed him. I, he. I guess he's not a huge actor, but it's like he's an iconic figure in. Only to us. I guess only to it us. It doesn't matter. Think. He still should have been in there. He was yeah. in a big movie. It's not like freaking some guy that was in a couple of direct-to-video movies that nobody's ever heard of. You know. That, yeah. yeah. So that they can spend the time on that. God knows they waste more than enough time on that frickin' broadcast. They can put. It went a half an hour over. <sighs> now, did, now I didn't watch all of the uh, in memory, and, but did did Gunnar Hansen at least get a? Nope. Ah, uh, what? Nope. Damn. Forgot him too. They forgot uh, Marilyn Burns last year when she died. Wow, that's. Uh, I mean, okay, well, yeah. I mean, they put in Wes Craven and they put in Christopher Lee and they give Christopher Lee one of the parts where they actually got like a speaking, like they showed a clip where he spoke. And so I think that was probably like, well, okay, we met that genre quota. Let's move on. Christopher Lee should have had 20 minutes by himself. Yeah, the end. Yeah. (laughs) It got me, though. There were a lot of good people on there that I would, that was, you know, sad to revisit him, Wes Craven, Leonard Nimoy, David Bowie. Ugh. All kind of brought a tear to my eye, except Dave Grohl was singing "Blackbird" in the background, and that was something. No, wait a minute, you're not crapping on Dave Grohl, are you? I don't. Oh, like Dave Grohl. oh man, come on. come on! I don't like the Foo Fighters. I, I and I know he was in Nirvana before that, but I missed out on that. I was too young to remember it. All I remember is Foo Fighters, and I do not like the Foo things Fighters. I learned this episode. Just doesn't like Dave Grohl and loves Lady Gaga. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dave Grohl's carry bit he did though. That was hilarious. Have you guys seen that? No. <laughs> oh my god, you need to you need to YouTube that. When they were doing that whole ice bucket challenge thing where everybody was pouring water on their head. 
Do you know yeah, that? Yeah, I've, oh, okay. I've lived on this planet in the last two years. I got that. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> well, the ice bucket challenge versus <laughs> one thing that Dave did on YouTube is a little different. But, well, that, no, but that was his challenge version. Okay. He, he did a carry remake, and it was uh, actually hilarious. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. I... Are anything else for the Oscars? I want to move on to recently watched because I, I want to talk about that stuff. <laughs> Real quick, one one thing: who do you think is going to be the host next year? You think they're going to bring back? I know that Billy Crystal did it several times in a. I'm not sure in a row, but he was kind of he's kind of the gold standard of what like everybody loves. What Billy they Crystal. like? Yes. Uh, what they like? Um, I mean, Chris Rock made a bit like they did do a whole lot of jokes as far as making fun of the Academy, which were totally hilarious. And the Academy does not like that. Uh, ask Ricky Gervais how how many times you come back. Yeah, I saw an article today that said that because Louis C.K. presented the award for best short documentary and his little his speech that he gave, I saw an article saying that maybe he might be in the running Oof. next year. Oh boy, he is. Harsh. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know. The Academy's been under a lot of fire, and they always have been. But I think because it's been such a huge deal on social media and everything this year that they might. I don't know. Next year might be a lot different. Yeah. The thing that about made me fall out of my chair laughing was when he was like, "I had to take this job just so Kevin Hart wouldn't." Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin Hart was like third row in, was just sitting there dying. Yep. Oh my god, that was fantastic. Chris Rock seemed very comfortable too on stage. Like sometimes you can tell, like, oh, they're kind of uncomfortable. Chris Rock, at least from the opening. Oh, monologue, I feel like, completely opposite. Like he he was a little he was a little stuttery. But oh, uh, really? I, not that I care. His yeah. jokes absolutely slayed. I thought everything yeah. he did was fantastic. It's Chris Rock. He does not yeah. miss. <laughs> and that was he great. Was, yeah, he was a lot. And I mean, the Neil, when Neil Patrick Harris did it, and everybody thought he was going to be hilarious, and there's going to be all these show tunes, and he's, you know, everybody loves him, and he was just doing terrible, and he was getting railed and railed and railed on social media, and you could tell because as the night went on, he just. He just eventually stopped doing jokes and was just like, okay, here you go. Here's the next Next. next. And I had people, I, I was, I thought it was funny. I was looking on my Twitter and Facebook a little bit. You know, that's how I was keeping up with it because I wasn't watching it. And people were like, all right, mm-hmm. enough with the race jokes, enough with the white jokes, enough with the, I watched them all. Nope, totally fine. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. totally hilarious. Suge Knight in a straight jacket is hilarious. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, the Oscar contest we we teased and people sent in their uh, forms and told us who they think will win, and much to my chagrin, we have a tie. But that's all right. I think I know what to get these people because I like to customize the prizes for the people that win. I go stalk you a little bit on Facebook, find out what you're into, and try and find a nice little uh, prize to surprise you. I haven't picked them up yet, but I will this week. And it looks like we have a tie between Stephen and Missy, two of our most prominent listeners. I thank you guys very much. You both got seven out of ten. Good job. Well done. Ooh. That's quite a quite a uh, quite a score. Um, I want to thank Paul and Kevin who also played. They tied at six. Sorry, guys, didn't quite make it there, but um, well done anyway. That's still a positive score. Nathaniel did not do as well, but that's okay, buddy. Thanks for playing and play again. Not only next year, but we're doing prizes every single month, guys. You guys, usually it's just send us an email and say, hi, put me in the damn contest. And you're yep. going to get some free shit. So yeah. you have nothing to lose. Look, we had a grand whopping total of five people that actually took the time to send us this info. 
five. Your chances are really good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, Stephen and Missy, I will be getting you guys uh, uh, the prize, uh, a prize. It is coming. Uh, if you haven't already, sent me your mailing info so that I can, you know, actually send you this shit. Um, I, I thought it was very interesting, though. Every single person picked The Revenant for Best Picture. I thought that was very interesting. Hmm. I, I would have picked Spotlight, but that's just me. Hmm. Uh, I would have missed on... Uh, more than a handful of other things, though. <laughs> I probably would have got about 5 out of 10. Um, <laughs> let's move on to Recently Watched. Jess, you are up first. Go ahead. Let, this is going to be a... We have plenty of time. Great, whopping big, Recently Watched. Let's clear our plates, because there ain't going to be any next episode. Yep. Alright, so I'm going to get these things out of the way quick, because they are quick. I've been watching some TV recently. Um, we have been watching The Americans. We are on season three. I don't even know what that is. And You've been talking about it. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. So it's an FX show, and it is um, set in the 80s during the Cold War, and it's about Russian spies living in America, um, posing as Americans, doing their thing, spy stuff. Um, and they're the main characters, so they're technically the people that we're supposed to be liking, <laughs> that we're supposed to be following around and wanting to know, and it's it's – pretty intense as far as television like just regular television goes like not hbo not paid television i guess um it's kind of nuts and it, one thing i find absolutely hilarious is because um the two main characters are russian spies they're not they're they're pretty anti-religion so they're children because they have to have children to to blend into society their oldest daughter is rebelling, but how she's rebelling is she has joined the church. <laughs> oh. And she's trying to spread the gospel and things like that. And it, it's just sort of hilarious to watch something that's that's totally flipped on that, where because it's Russian spies, what the worst thing they have to worry about that their teenage daughter is getting into is God. Uh, forgive me if this, if this is a dumb <laughs> question, but are, is this – this isn't a comedy. We're talking – no, this is drama. This is this is drama. Intense people like 24 getting killed. Twenty four kind of intense, or like just a little. I more didn't watch twenty four, okay. so I um, don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people Twenty four is like Mission killed. Impossible. It's like nonstop spy shit, run, go, yeah. thriller, crazy. Or is this more like drama, character driven? It's very char character driven, um, but it. I mean, there's not like shit blowing up all the time, but there is shit going down all the time. They're always. Always on a mission, always constantly working something. And right now, um, it's it's getting it. There's a lot of kind of just stuff that really pushes the envelope because the um, main actor whose name I, I escapes me right now, but right now he's working a like working a person that he um, her father is a CIA agent. And so he has to bug the house and he has to swip, switch out tapes every week. Well, the thing is, is she's 15. And the idea is that she's kind of promiscuous and she's really into older guys. So he has to kind of go in and seduce her. And he's having like a huge problem with it because he's got a 15 year old daughter and this dude's like 40 some years old. And so like it's really it gets into kind of creepy territory where they really start to question whether or not they want to be spies or not. Mm. Um, and it just it gets more and more intense. And, yeah, like I said, there are people getting killed left and right in the show. So it's not something that's like kind of a, okay, one episode we have a spy mission, the next episode. It's 
it's dinner and we're watching TV and that's all we have to do. Like, there's the family stuff mixed in with the drama, mixed in with the spy drama. Gotcha. So I would um, check it out whenever you feel like I know okay. you, Eugene, you're done with TV for a while. Yeah, but I'll pass. But when is, <laughs> um, <laughs> and the other TV I'm watching is the, um, also on FX, the O.J. Simpson versus the pe- or pe- the people versus O.J. Simpson. The miniseries? Which is based, yes. Which uh, is a Ryan Murphy miniseries, and it's subtitled An American Crime Story. So it's sort of his, like, he's got an American horror story where it's crazy shit nonstop, and then he's got more of a, this is based on real life. And it's really, really, really good. Ryan Murphy can really do normal, serious drama when he when he wants to. It's not just all insanity that is American Horror Story. So he does reuse some actresses. There's some actors and actresses. Um, Sarah Paulson is in it. She's playing uh, Marsha Clark. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is OJ. Um, John Travolta is hilarious looking as Bob Shapiro with all his black <laughs> surgery. Oh. Do you got, do you actively remember that trial, Jess? No. Okay. See, for me, it's like me re- like, yeah, like, because that happened I Because I have no interest in this because Because you there. watched it. And so you was me Eugene, too. and this was yep. a year long, at least, trial. Oh, it was such you a pain in the ass. You could not get away oh. from this damn thing. And now to, like, turn it around and be like, hey, watch this for entertainment. It's like, no, I've lived more than enough time in that world. I know the glove don't fit and the, uh... Yeah. And see, I know all that. Like, I, the only, I don't know O.J. Simpson before this. Like, there, he was never, I didn't in my really lifetime, either. he was never an icon. He was never, that like, was the, the guy that people liked. So. Yeah. So, I, I mean, for me, it's like I'm watching something that I know that I was alive during, but it happened in, what, like, 96, something uh, like that? Three, four, I, I want to say. Three, four, I, okay, even earlier. High, I, wanna, I was in high school. So, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's it's watching it kind of in new eyes, even though I know the outcome and I know the whole glove thing. Well, and it was I, a little different that, when they but... announced the verdict and then riots broke out and all hell broke loose and Rodney King exactly. and the, the whole, everything went to hell. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to add for that? Uh, no, okay. I'm good. That is my TV watching I've been doing. Okay. Uh, oh, crap. It's my turn. Uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> uh, I have so many things here that are just like, I, honestly, I could do one round. I'm Screw it. I'm going to do it. And then next round, I'm going to take over the show. But for this first round, right. this first round, I'm just going to run you real quick down some crap. Uh, the Gunman, in which Sean Penn went and got ripped and decided to make a movie where he takes his shirt off a hell of a lot. And a he, lot. he takes his shirt <laughs> off a lot and flexes his muscles and makes me feel really damn inferior about myself yeah. and I'm half his age. Impressively, I might have. Like Sean Penn shirt. Oh, Judas. Yeah. It's... Wow, in that movie. Um, so anyway, as an action movie, whatever, it was worth a watch. Uh, probably won't revisit, but definitely worth one. That was okay. I didn't agree. Yep. Um, next up, and Eugene will definitely want to jump in this one. Uh, Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that was a fat yep. no score after about 15 minutes. That was... No <laughs> good. That's, awful. Uh, not, awful movie. Not watchable. Um, next... <laughs> Because I'm not even going to 
spend any time on that. It's just don't watch it. Yeah. Uh, unless, unless you're a big fan of Manos, the Hands of Fate, that's not the Mystery Science Theater version. If you oh. like Manos, like genuinely like that movie, then you should probably give that carnival of Actually, it whatever. reminded me more of, oh, bear with me, the incredibly mixed up creatures who decided to one day be zombies or whatever the hell oh, that yes. long another mystery long science theater movie, yes. movie is it was more like that another carnival movie by the way um <laughs> it was more like that where it's just sort of like here's a carny and some weird stuff happens and some people have gray face paint on to indicate they're zombies yeah. maybe or something <laughs> yep. uh, or, or cat carnival cannibals can carnivals i Carnival. Yeah. No, Carn- there is a there is cannibal? an asylum in the movie in the making. Yes, Once carnivals. Again, yeah, yeah. Asylum carnivals. Is listening to this show, going taking oh, notes. Right. All right. I, I Ten thousand dollars. You were looking for was the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became accepted. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> that title is better than anything remotely found in that carnival thing. of blood. <laughs> yes. uh, next up. Blunt Force Trauma. Now, this is one that was on the roulette. I wanted to. I watched this one all the way through. I wanted to touch on it a little bit, and then I'll be done for my round because I have a rabbit hole to send us down. Uh, I was going to bring up who's starring in this, but we'll get to it. Um, this movie is on the roulette, and it's basically like uh, these guys put on flak jackets. They go stand in a ring about twenty feet apart, and they have a little circle around their feet. And they do a duel with handguns, and they shoot each other till somebody steps out of the circle for ten seconds. Sound like a cool movie? Are you in? Yes. All right. Yes, I'm in. Yeah, that was the first half of this movie. So we were. It was definitely <laughs> strong for that part. The first half was great, and then it slowly is just like now we're going to be kind of a romance thing, and now we're doing this, and it said Mickey Mickey Rourke is in it, so I'm waiting on that. Uh, the main actor is Ryan Quanton, who uh, was in uh, True Blood. Uh, uh, Jess, have you watched that at all? Ryan who? Ryan I did. Quanton. I watched all of it. He was Sookie's brother, the oh, Killjack idiot. Well, he's Jason Stackhouse. St- Jason Stackhouse. Stackhouse. That's right. <laughs> well, he's the main. He's the, he's the main character in this, and he does good. I like that guy. He, you know, did did a fine job. He's. Getting in the ring, getting shot with these revolvers, and he's a quick draw guy. It's in Mexico, so the corrupt cops. There's all kinds of shit going on. It, it was very interesting. I was very into this movie the first half. Second half, it starts uh, turning into a romance movie, and I'm like, what's why? Why are you doing this? This is weird. Derail. Where's Mickey Rourke? Uh, as usual, Mickey Rourke shows up for a paycheck, a, a couple of days, <laughs> yep. a couple of days at the end, and. Actually, I'm I'm I almost want you to go watch this movie just so you can see Mickey Rourke at the end because it's not really Mickey Rourke. It's more like it's Hannibal wearing Mickey Rourke's face, and <laughs> except it's it's a, a Sean Penn with uh, Sean that... Penn's abs because he's incredibly ripped, <laughs> but his face is so strange, man. It's so oh, weird. He should be so good looking too. It, oh, it's so bizarre. He should be a handsome man. But anyway, he is the king of the quick draw, and so he goes to find him on some mountaintop, like some guru, and 
And then at the end, they finally, the whole movie's been leading up to their face. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, just so you know. Because, my God, I got to the end. It was like, are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> finally meets the guy on a mountaintop, and Mickey Rourke's there for two days. Seriously, he was on this film for maybe oh two days. Maybe. Could have been done in a day. Well, I mean, the man probably needs to be propped up. You time, didn't see how so. he looked with his shirt off. <laughs> Holy shit. And at this point, Mickey Rourke is playing Mickey Rourke in the same way yeah. that Johnny Depp is a lot of times playing Johnny Depp and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Uh, so uh, anyway, he finally, Ryan Kawantan, whatever, meets him on the mountaintop and, and they, it's a long slow-mo shots and they're doing the countdown as they face each other, this time with no flak jackets because we've been spouting philosophy and it's a duel to the death and... The dart hits the ground, and we draw and cut, directed by blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. you're seriously not going <laughs> to tell us who won that thing? And then as the credits roll in the background, you see somebody, a foggy figure, walk down the hillside, and you can assume who it is. Uh. Oh, you piece of shit. But anyway, <laughs> if you're looking for something to pass the time, Eugene, you could do worse. And it's a relatively safe film. It's okay. this is not extreme hard or anything, but it was a very interesting concept. And I haven't really seen even for a low budget direct video kind of film. I haven't really seen a concept like this before. So I will give it a passing thumbs up and say it is still kind of worth a watch, even with some of those negatives. Hmm. OK, uh, Eugene, your turn. I, I checked three things off my crap list. So. OK, I'm going to get all of my one stars out of here. <laughs> So can, All of them. Just so I can move on to better <laughs> stuff. So starting off with, um, oh shit, which one should I? It's all right. You, Eric, you took care of Carnival of Blood. I don't have to talk about that junk. Um, <laughs> uh, here we go. Pan. Let's get rid of this one. Oh, uh, Lord. So I <laughs> sat through this one. I actually rewound it a little bit because I was, I was, I, I, I like, I was playing on my computer. I'm like, I can't focus on this thing because it's so shitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it, here's where it lost me. The beginning was okay. I'm like, okay, well, obviously high production values, big budget, family friendly movie, whatever. I'm like, the beginning is okay. Uh, as soon as we get to Never Neverland, and this is, uh, a reinterpretation of, of, uh, Peter Pan. Uh, once we get to Never Neverland and all of the slave kids start to sw sing Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit, with a very embarrassed Hugh Jackman playing Blackbeard coming out looking ridiculous. That's immediately where I'm like, this officially sucks. And it did not get better from there. In fact, it got worse once poor Rooney Mara shows up. I'm like, oh, this is the same actress that was in the brilliant Carol. She was yep. ridiculous in this. And she looked embarrassed the whole everybody looked embarrassed she's come out and said that she was embarrassed by it that's partially why i put it on my i'm never gonna watch this and you can't change yeah. my mind list. i fast <laughs> i fast forwarded the last 20 minutes or so the the big sci-fi fantasy special effects showdown i so i so hated this movie and didn't care that i'm like just let's get on with it let's get on with this it's so bad it's so bad um so there's a reason why it flopped because it's not a good movie at all so anyway, well, I, once you told me that about the teen spirit thing, I was like, I'm out. And that's somebody who wants to watch every single pan movie that there oh. is. But it's a prequel to the pan, right? It is kind of yeah, a, yeah, 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 hooks in it. I'm yeah, good. I don't need to know where the or yeah. Next, yeah, it's okay. Moving on to more shit. Um, uh, oh, man, I some of these I just I hate even wasting my time with. But I, okay, 
You so, have so much you can't decide. Oh, I, I know. That's what's bad. Um, okay. Uh, I rewatched for some dumb reason. I think, did I, didn't I bring this up last, uh, at the very tail end of last episode where I got this four pack of, of, uh, action yes, movies? Dolph Lundgren okay. and yeah, Van Yeah. So Dan. I got through, I, I watched one of them and then I started the Van Damme one and turned it off. I'm like, oh, nope, done. I'm going to sell this thing. Uh, but I watched the <laughs> Sylvester Stallone ICU movie. I see you. I don't even know what that is. I thought wasn't weren't you? you I think you were pumped about the in hell Van Dam one. Well, okay, that's the Van Dam one. And at the beginning, I'm like, this is terrible. This is just terrible. So no. Um, and I was already kind of pissed off about the whole ICU movie. Uh, Which did you watch it, first? ICU. Okay, that's the okay. Yeah. So I watched that one the whole way through. Sylvester Stallone uh, is uh, a detective. His wife is killed by the serial killer. He goes to this de- detox center. With a bunch of other people and somewhere cold with snow and a killer is there killing him off. And I'm like, that sounds kind of good. It was a fairly big budget movie, but it got buried for a reason. It is somewhere along the line. I'm not sure if it was director's fault or studio, but somewhere you can tell the the wheels fell off and and studio meddling was involved because it makes almost no sense at all. Almost no sense at all uh, with the way it was edited. I'm like, I have this feeling that the studio got a hold of this and completely butchered it because it's almost unwatchable. I'm like, I this is a, essentially a slasher movie, and I don't know what's going. I can't follow who's who and what's going on. And dear God, it was awful, <laughs> awful. So and after that, I was so then I was already kind of pissed off. Then I started that in hell movie, and I'm like. Ah, oh, this is okay. Van Damme's being framed for the murder of his wife, and now he's going to go to prison. Off, done. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, boy. anyway, okay. Yep, okay. And then, last but not least, uh, I actually have a few more one stars, but I'm just going to focus oh, on. Oh, burn them. Go ahead. You got what, what? How long does it take? Just say I watched this and it sucked. Next, okay. Uh, Trauma's War, one star, terrible. Wait, Probably what, what was it? Trauma's War. A trauma movie. Okay. Well, this was back in the back in the Reagan era in the eighties. They this was actually the movie that got them in serious financial trouble because this is actually a somewhat modestly budgeted trauma movie. Oh, so it and, cost a burrito and a Gatorade <laughs> <laughs> and a whole bunch of mac and cheese. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Ramen noodles. <laughs> yeah. So supposedly though, the story behind it is the the MPW made them butcher the movie to get an R rating, and then it just it just bombed. Um, but this is the unrated version. It's, it's awful. And I, I, I like trauma for what it's worth. I, the, the movies that do work for me, I really enjoy, but this one here is just a slog to get, oh, I, well, I fast forward through most of it, but it's just, it's bad actors stuck on an island, uh, shooting each other with fake squibs and, uh, <laughs> and, and it's horrible. Yeah. And there's an AIDS victim on there that's giving everybody AIDS. It's, oh, it's um, okay, that's that. And then the last but not least, Trancers Part 2, oh, The Return of Jack Death. I tried to tell you that the first one was terrible, and you bought a box set oh. of them. And I, no, I just bought the first one, but but, but then Full Moon released Part 2. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, and the first one was, the first one wasn't awful, but it was not that good. Oh, it's awful. This, this, okay, well, this one here, I couldn't, I actually just watched this before the podcast tonight. And, uh, I don't... I, I couldn't tell you a thing about it. I what? I don't know what it was about. Helen Hunt was in it. I'm like, why are you in this? 
Tim Thomerson was in it. He's what year did it come out? Nineteen. He is the Trancer. He is the Trancers two came out in nineteen ninety one. That's why Helen Hunt. Yes, that is exactly why she's in it. But uh, Jeffrey Combs is in it, I think. Yeah. He's in a um, lot of movies. By the way, there's five of these movies. Yes, yeah. they don't stop. But it's, I seriously, I, I gave it one star because it was shot on 35 millimeter film. That is the only redeeming thing I could find in that movie. Is that they, <laughs> Polaroid, they shot it Polaroid on got a point. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's one more. I forgot. Oh, go Another ahead, full go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Cannibal Women uh, in the Avocado oh, Jungle. Yes. Oh. Yes, I did watch that. Nope. Oh, come uh, on. Well, here's the problem with this, this. Is this one of your region free things? Or is yes, this no, this is, this is a, this is a region. One, though that doesn't matter anymore for me now. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. But no, this is a this. Here's the problem with this movie. This is actually a good idea because uh, it's a comedy, um, and it, there's a good idea in here. But this is a a full moon movie. But they decided to go with a very family friendly, barely PG thirteen rated level, Ugh. and it, it doesn't work. It's like, come on, this should be this should be sleazy and gory, and it's none of those. And all it is is. You, if you take that out of this movie, it's nothing. It's Bill Maher is the best part of the movie. He's kind of funny, but it it's like what? This should have been a raunchy R-rated, silly, gory thing, and it's nothing. It's <laughs> it's. I barely got the whole way through because I hated it that. And Adrian Barbeau is in it, and she, she's I love her, and she's terrible. I was like, yeah, ah, she hasn't uh, doesn't yeah. have a great track record for being in good movies either, though. Yeah. Well, the f- aside from Creep Show and Fog, and the Fog, and the yes. Fog. And yeah, so anyway, uh, it, that was Antales Escape from New York. Yeah, that. No. Yeah. But it was. I was so hoping that that title would live up to a fun, cheesy B movie, and it was not. Um, and I, I had it held promise at the beginning, the first ten, fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh, this is pretty funny, and I'm like, okay, now let's get on to you know some really cheesy late '80s you know shenanigans, and nope. <laughs> I don't know who they, I, I don't understand who they were going for in this movie. Like from the cover and everything about it, it this would be going for uh, the teenage cannibal fans. Yeah, the yes. hard R, yeah, sleaze factor fans. I got and it, but didn't know. Like Man from Deep River and shit. Yeah, like it's that. it's none of the above. So it was that was. Hey, I dove on you, that. Anything else for your shit round? Nope, I'm done. I spent way too much. Oh, time no, you're on, good. You're on, good. Now from here on out, it's it's good stuff. Oh, all right. Yeah, same here. Uh, Jess. All right, so I watched, and this is going to pretty much end me, um, I watched Lizard in a Woman's Skin, Ooh, Lucio Fulci. Yes. I wish I had not seen before, so it was a delightful surprise. I am, I, I've said before, I'm a huge fan of the 60s, 70s Giallo movies, just like Eugene. Oh, yeah. And this is a Lucio Fulci Giallo movie, which means it's a Giallo movie with all of its its core things, um, it, its obsession with vice, its obsession with... Like who? It's a who done it? You don't know. Although it's, it's pretty obvious, like they all are. But it's Lucio Fulci, so it's got some good gore. Yes, it does. Which is something that that does does get left out in the giallo subgenre sometimes. It's it's not as heavy on the gore, but with Fulci, he of course can't not have it. And I liked it a lot with a score by Ennio Morricone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fun. I wished that it would have been Edwige Fenech playing the main role just because she's my favorite actress in that sub sub genre. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it and it was, it, it's got some really interesting, I mean, there's a, there's a scene where she's uh, the, the main lady is, 
she's having these dreams about her neighbor who she this woman is a very well-to-do woman living with her husband and her husband's daughter and some redheaded lady who ends up being her husband's mistress i don't know why she's living in the house they never explained that that's lucio fulci (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot that's left on the floor of explaining exactly (laughs) yep (laughs) but they're living next door to these kind of uh partier crazy you know partier 60s 70s people that that are are just constantly partying, having doing drugs, having sex all over the place, all the time. And she's having dreams about her neighbor. She's having dreams about, um, you know, sexual dreams about her. Then she's having dreams about murdering her. And it's all kind of seems like she's being gaslighted very much by her psychiatrist and her husband. Um, that isn't what ends up happening. But there is a one scene that there are several very dream sequences that she ends up going through this corridor and there's this scene where there's just these dogs oh, that are kind of man. hung up and and like cut open like you would cut open a frog in biology class and they're kind of they're alive and they're moving around and it is one of the creepier things that I've, I've seen in these movies um but i liked it i had a lot of fun and the mondo macabro uh <laughs> Uh, Sorry, that was just quite a <laughs> leap. It's like I was here. I'm in Michael Vick's house, but I liked it. <laughs> but I like it. Um, and I mean, Imando Macabro did a great job um, remastering it, putting it on a nice Blu-ray. There are a lot of good features in it that I haven't got to check out yet. But there's one called Lucio Fulci Day and Night that I really want to check out. Uh, and I, I, I enjoyed it. No, I'm really happy I had it. I, I'm gonna try. I. It's been my mission to try. Much like every mediocre, terrible slasher movie, I am determined to track down every giallo movie i possibly can jess did you know that uh, that dog scene uh fulci actually had to go to court to prove that there were those were not real dogs wow yeah, yeah. that's not surprising because it, they, they <laughs> that was a good special yeah, that was a very good special effect very effective yeah it was it, i mean it, it, and with that genre already being in a lot of hot water going back to the cannibals and everything um, the cannibal genre that that doesn't surprise me that they were like, all right, people, yeah. are you actually killing things on camera? We can't tell at this point. Yeah, yeah, I I thoroughly liked that movie, Eric. It's a very uh, I don't want to I don't want to bring up Austin Powers and Lizard <laughs> in a Woman's Skin, but seriously, it's it's a very groovy type movie. It like, does very, very yeah, swing heavy baseline. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a chance. So I just haven't got around to it. And that uh, that pretty much ends it for me. I didn't get a whole lot watched over the weekend. I was at work. No problem. It's it was a short uh, recording week, you know, from uh, yeah. one end to the other, and that's going to happen. And we'll have the long ones in between. Uh, we're not going to be uh, doing any recently watched for the next week, so I'm sure you'll have plenty of time to get fully loaded for the week after. I surely because I have uh, several. I have two rounds left at least here, Eugene. So are okay. you ready? I yep. Do you want to go into Studio Ghibli, or do you want to go straight to hell? Uh, let's, I think we should end in hell. I think we should end in hell. Yes, I agree with well, Jess. Then, yeah, well, uh, real quick, my neighbor Totoro, uh, finished that up with Addie. Um, this was my second watch of this film, uh, her first. I was very interested to see what the 11-year-old would think of her first Japanese subtitled animation weirdness film. And mm-hmm. she said when it was done. That was really good. I really liked that. So I was very impressed right. she was in. Um, Movie freak in Yeah, we're working on it. Uh, my second round review, 
it's an excellent film and I really like it, but I was trying to watch it this time from uh, an outsider perspective or like Addie has no kind of perspective on the Japanese culture or uh, the, that their style. style of cinema or their also very weird uh, animated version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and likewise with Eugene. Would Eugene like this movie? Because I know that he kind of has, has it on the back burner as yeah. well. Honestly, I have no idea where Eugene will come out of this film. He could love it. He could like it. He could hate it. None of which would surprise me. <laughs> It is not the strongest Ghibli film. It's not the strongest Miyazaki film. Uh, I, I really enjoy the film, but it's because the uh, the older kid and the younger kid so much remind me of my oldest and my youngest. That's exactly how they act. They're complete maniacs. <laughs> and I was pointing that all the time. Like, that's you, Eddie. Yep. Yep. Totally losing your head and freaking out <laughs> and running down the road. Yep. That's you. Yep. <laughs> and on the other hand, we're going, oh, that's Corbin. Yeah, I'm just screaming and yelling, yeah, that looks just like him. Wide mouth, ultra over-exaggerated anim- uh, Japanese animation style. That's, yep, that's him. <laughs> so in that respect, we were laughing very hard at this film. But it is, especially in the third act, it's a very weird movie. All of a sudden, this cat, a lot of metaphor, this weird cat bus shows up, and it represents the wind, and they're running all over the place. and. Mm-hmm. Again, where is Eugene going to come out on this? I have no idea. I, this is the kind of thing where I could see him re- watching it and going like, that was lame and boring and sucked. And then 10 years down the road watching again going like, okay, that I get what, I get it now. That was okay, you know. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with just the culture. I mean. It is, but it's also, the, Ghibli has their own kind of sub-click thing. Where it's like, yeah. when you watch about three or four with or five or six of them. their films, suddenly you're like, okay, I get the rhythms of your pattern and it makes more sense now. And it's yeah. and like their films get stronger upon rewatch, whereas initial watch, and that's not for everybody. Uh, some people are going to watch it the first time and be like, that's amazing. And I get it, but not everybody. Uh, I'm just trying to kind of prepare Eugene a little bit, like, cause he's going to, he's diving into this world for the first time. And I don't yeah. want him to be like, what the shit? This is not, Akira or um, uh, no, it's not. Ninja it's not Scroll a, not or something like that. Not necessarily adult. Oh no, it's yeah. it's, it's not kitty, but it's not adult. But there is a like, huge adult aspect to these films because a, a, a more uh, a huge parent aspect to these films because it's the perspective they put into the kids is from an adult. It, like mm-hmm. only an adult would recognize those mannerisms, and that's what makes them so beautiful and so heartwarming and so touching. But on the other hand, this this shit ain't the most action-packed shit you're going to see all year. Whew. I'm but really it, excited for Only Yesterday that's coming to the nightlight. I can't I can't wait to watch that one. I haven't seen that one, but it's maybe it's, new, in my, it's, in, it's the newest one? Well, no, it came out in 1991, but this is the first time that it's ever been released in uh, the States. Oh, cool. So there, we're going to have the new subtitled one and the dubbed one, and it's dubbed by Daisy Ridley and Dev Patel. No, we'll see. I, I mean, you never know. The, the, Ghibli's been very good about picking current voice actors yeah. or current actors mm-hmm. to play certain voices, and sometimes it works, and sometimes sometimes it's. Uh, <laughs> I always have to laugh at Princess Mononoke because it's uh, <laughs> what's his freaking nuts. Uh, well, remember. and like Howl's Moving Castle and Ponyo, like Ponyo uses who Liam Neeson. Yeah, 
Yeah, but that's and... fine. I can buy that. It, the the one in Princess Mononoke, the if the old Asian kind of master guy is played by Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's that's a thing. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to showing her, uh, showing Addie like Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away and some of those more like upper tier Ghibli films. Is that Kiki's Flying Delivery, whatever? Nah, it's a Ghibli okay. movie? Yes. Or Ghibli, Ghibli, I don't know. Yeah. Giblet. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Even their lesser movies are still very watchable. Yeah. Okay, one more I want to touch on real quick and I'll pass it over to Eugene. Uh, a short film called Ellis. I watched this uh, just this afternoon. It's uh, about 15 minutes long. It's on Netflix. You can give it a watch. Uh, Robert De Niro uh, in Ellis Island. Basically, they wander around this old abandoned um, hospital in Ellis Island and read quotes from some old immigrant's diary who tried to get to America and quite couldn't, got stuck on Ellis Island. And it's very interesting, but it's also filmed very pretentiously. And I mean that at the mm. very core of the word pretentious. Mm. Uh, as far as he walks up to the wall and he puts his hand to the crusted paint that chips away as he slowly puts his hand down. And it's like, you know, I, I, if this was filmed naturally, I would have bought that movement, but this was filmed the most perfect lighting, beautiful panoramic camera. Right. So you said, I'm going to walk up to the wall and put my hand there and slowly run it and down there, thoughtfully. meaning and look thoughtful. And that's going to be a thing. And you did that. And the music swells, and the crowd cries, and then I walk slowly into the snow with my camera at my back, and it's it's definitely worth a watch. It's very well made, but it's also extremely kind of like all set up and mm -hmm. pre-programmed. Very manipulative, very... as far as manipulating the audience into feelings. Yes. Rather than just generating natural feelings. Absolutely. What a cheap shot. Eh, but it's still the Nero, and it's New York, and there's That's some true. old and the the writings of the uh, old immigrant person that was trying to get into it, very moving. But you, know, you could have done it a little more natural. The way right. they did it was a little forced. Uh, Eugene, over to you. Okay, um, <clears throat> let's uh, get this one off my recently watched list: Dallas Buyers Club. All right, yeah, this one here, I, uh, I, I. For some reason, it got on. It went on sale on Amazon for five dollars for the Blu-ray, which includes the the ultraviolet copy. And I couldn't resist after your glowing review of it, and because uh, I I never was really that interested. Even I mean, even after your review, I'm like, yeah, I'll, you know, with the subject matter, pretty heavy. It still screams a one and done. Yeah, but um, fantastic. I mean, I I gave it four and a half, and I'm not sure why because I can't think of one single thing that I would change in that movie. Uh, so upon a rewatch and I will eventually, I will rewatch that movie. It's not a, it's not an easy, it's not one that I'm going to watch all the time or, or, or not for a while, but it was so good. Uh, every actor in the movie, uh, especially of course, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Jennifer Garner, Jared Leto were so even Steve Zahn, which I'm not a big Steve Zahn fan anymore for some reason, but he was so good in this. Everybody was so good in this movie. Um it was heartbreaking, funny. I loved the well, I I loved the last scene in the movie. It it very much uh it was a very effective closing to this movie. And and I actually went and researched what the the 
the real story was about, about uh, Ron Woodruff and the fact that this, you know, he has AIDS. And this is back in 1985 when AIDS was... Uh, you know, a huge thing, especially like mm-hmm. with what this movie is portrayed as within the gay community. And, you know, there, there's so much stuff going on in the movie. And with him, he was a heterosexual and how his friends pretty much cut him, cut him off because, Oh, you, yeah. you must be gay. And it was, it was so heartbreaking to see this movie and how, how the type of person he was, which was a complete scumbag complete scumbag uh and then he and then he finds out that he has this this disease and then how he completely through the course of the movie changes and one of his best friends jared leto which deservedly won that oscar man so good so i was like i was like a little surprised i I was kind of feeling maybe this was the oscar baiting when when i saw because i saw the oscars before i saw the movie and i was Mm -hmm. like oh he's probably playing a trans Vestite or transgender or whatever, yeah. what have you. I was like, oh, okay, it's Oscar doing its thing again. Then I saw the movie and I was like, nope, one hundred percent, Jared Leto, give him all, yes. the, give him best supporting actor and actress. When he talks to his dad, <laughs> when he talks to his dad in the movie, oh, like fighting back tears. It was so good, uh, yeah. so good. In fact, this would easily, easily be on my best movie, uh, best movies of the year when this came out, which I believe it was released. Well, this was with uh, Twelve Years a Slave, yeah. Until, uh, do you think it deserved best pick that year? Ooh man, I did. Wow, yeah, that's a tough one because I didn't, I hadn't seen that movie at that point. But because I would, I would have said that Twelve Years a Slave deserved to win the best picture of the year. But I don't know, Dallas Buyers, that's best picture of the year quality right there. And I've watched it really more than once. It. it was extremely, it was still extremely entertaining. Yeah. As hard as the subject matter was, everything was acted so well, and even those scenes that you're talking about that are very hard to uh, kind of stomach or that are kind of a gut punch where he shows up to work the one day and everybody's staring at him. Like, yeah. And then he jumps back in the car and takes off. It's still like, I really like that because it's a few. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, favorite scene though. Do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Um. Oh, well, my fa- <laughs> My favorite scene personally was the uh, was the grocery store scene with him and, with him and Jared Leto. That was <laughs> so. Oh, I'm like, you are such a badass. That's so great. Um, Jess, you <laughs> need to watch you. that movie. That's a great movie. I really do. I, there's no reason that I haven't yet. I I wanted to see it since it came out, and I just hasn't made it around to me yet. I think I'm gonna put it on Netflix and bump it up. I think it's great that Matthew McConaughey has. Uh, there for a little while, it was like, ah, oh, it's another Matthew McConaughey movie where he's. A bronze chiseled marble gorgeous man doing his rom com. No problem with that. <laughs> well, fool's gold. Yes, fool's gold. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this guy really does have acting chops, and he's in great movies. Interstellar. I realized and that in Killer Joe. Yeah, he was I, great in Killer Joe. Like, holy crap, Matthew McConaughey can actually like. Isn't it not interesting too with Killer Joe and? Uh, <laughs> What was the other one? The one with uh, DiCaprio and Scorsese. Oh, uh, Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Yes. You can see in yeah. both of those movies where yeah. he was in his physical transformation. Yes. To get to this. this. But it was all for this movie. Because, <laughs> man, he, he looked like he had AIDS in this movie. Wow. So, anyway, fantastic movie. I was surprised, too. I was most uncomfortable by the scene where he just found out and then he immediately went to party with his oh, buddy. Oh, dude. Oh, that was... Oh, I'm like, don't. It was so It was like, don't 
for the love of God, don't do it. And if he had done it, you would have lost me for the whole movie. Yeah, see, same here. But same he here. He pulled back and didn't. Yep. Oh, boy. And then it's so funny, too, because you're like, McConaughey is killing it. He is just stealing the show. And then about a third of the way through, you finally get to Leto. Yeah, and I know. He's just like, oh, no, bitch. I'm in this movie, too. Yep. So, yeah. It's and great. even Jennifer Garner, whenever she was on screen, I liked she was such a great sympathetic character to the to, to plays into this movie so good yeah. so good uh, okay okay um do Keep you want going. me to go one more yeah go ahead okay go ahead. um we're, we're going to hell after this oh okay okay all right um oh boy i've got get all your happiness out all your aids happiness okay you got. While, while you're deciding i have a question about dallas buyers club does jared leto make a prettier lady than most ladies make because well, I heard he's absolutely gorgeous in that movie. Well, he... I, I wouldn't say prettier, but I would say that it was as a, uh, I would say it was as effective as the transgenders. What, I, I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong term. Please don't crucify me. Uh, transgender transvestites of Tangerine. I would say it's right on that level. Hmm. I believe transgendered is the correct term. Okay. Well, you never know. Some of them might be in the yeah, midst of the process yeah. and. Yeah. Trans, We're very whatever. sympathetic. Yes. We have no hate here. Yep. That <laughs> we is just no are confused on the vernacular. <laughs> um, so there's okay. I'm gonna. Oh boy, there was two that I wanted to talk about. I'm gonna go, go with, ahead. with both of them. Uh, Hawk the Slayer. I, I just I have to talk about this movie. I have to talk about this movie briefly, just because this is. I love finding those lost little gems, and it, sometimes the older I get, the harder it is to find those. Uh, just because I've watched so much stuff, both good and bad, uh, in my day. And so it, it's hard to find those gems, especially the older ones. Well, I found another gem. What year was this? This made? came out in 1980. And, and seriously, that plays a part in my liking this movie as much as I do. Because this came before all the Lord of the Rings movies, obviously. And it came before the Schwarzenegger, Conan the Barbarian movie. Because there is a lot of both of those movies in this movie. Um, Jack Palance is in this. John Terry. And I'm not sure if you know who John Terry is. Uh, you would know him if you'd see him. He was in... As you say, it sounds familiar. Yeah, he but was, I don't think I know. He was in uh, Full Metal Jacket. He was in uh, Zodiac, Living Daylights of Mice and Men. Lost. He had a big role in Lost. Uh, so... He at twenty four. He was in twenty four. So he's been in a bunch of stuff. And as soon as you see him, you're like, "Oh, that guy." Okay. Well, he's Hawk. <laughs> but this is everything that everything that is fun and innocent about the early eighties is this movie. It's a sword and sandals adventure, and I can't wait to eventually watch this with my kids because it's so much fun. Uh, and it's oh, okay. So it's a PG kind oh, of. Oh yes, it is. It oh. is PG rated stuff, but it's. The way they did the special effects are just so good and so cheesy, but they're so good. Um, but it, the storyline couldn't be any simpler. It's, it's literally the, the Lord of the Rings storyline is basically kind of what it is. It's just a group of people in the, the woods on an adventure and there is a dwarf and there is a, there's a, an archer and there's a swordsman and they're all trying to avenge the evil blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's a blast and it's funny. And I loved it. Four stars. I couldn't believe how much I liked it. This is one back in, back in my VHS days. This was in the video stores and 
unfortunately for me, back when we got our VHS player, uh, we rented, and Eric, you, I believe, were at my house uh, when we made the fatal mistake of, you were pretty young, of uh, my parents and I, we rented the Ridley Scott movie uh, Legend. And, oh, Lord. Yeah, and so we popped that movie. This, we're pretty young. We popped, and the movie starts with Tim Curry as Satan personified. Yeah, devil yeah. horns. And, we, and I know your parents were there. I remember this. And immediately after the first five minutes or so, off. And at that point, pretty much any and all sword and sandals things were boycotted. We're like yeah. whenever we go to the video store, nope, that could Man. be that could be something similar to Legend. And this was one of those movies. I saw it time and time again. I'm like, oh, I want to see that. Well, and here I am, <laughs> 41 years old. I love that. Shipped oh. all the way from the UK. <laughs> On I don't remember ever hearing about this movie before you, until you were texting us about it. I was like, I don't know what that is. But oh, it's Jack Palance is so good in this because he's so he <laughs> overacts so much and it's great because he is a good bad guy and he is a great bad guy in this as with his he's so overacting. Uh, but it is it's one of those surefire. I can't imagine that you guys wouldn't like it unless you don't like Lord of the Rings. Like if you if you don't like that style of movie, like the. Sword and sorcery fantasy stuff. Th- stuff because you're comparing it to Lord of the Rings. Well, <laughs> but but the, you know what? I, the, yeah, I got the you. Yeah, the framework. fantasy elements yes. of it. I got you. So anyway, um, but I uh, John Carpenter's Village of the Damned. Uh, rewatched this Ooh, one on Blu-ray. Nice. Yes. Very nice. Uh, you know what? This movie, I continue to like this movie. I don't love, love, love it, but it, this is a solid John Carpenter movie when he was still cranking out great stuff. Uh, it, my only complaint, uh, I like the pacing, I like the acting. My only complaint is I wish that they would have done a little bit more with the special effects. It just, They seem to cut back on every kill scene in the movie, they cut back. And I'm like, ah, oh, Kirstie Alley is stabbing herself with a scalpel in the guts. Let's see it. Oh, no, we cut back. And I just wanted a little bit more groove. Yeah. But uh, but other than that, I it's... I, it's creepy. It's got the John Carpenter score. It's got Mark Hamill's in it. So what's not to like? I mean, Mark Hamill. <laughs> and this is the last movie that our legendary Superman was in. So there's that. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I, I came to this one late and this is my first exposure to, uh, any village of the damned. And I quite liked it. Um, but I agree. I wish it would be a hard R movie or harder R movie. And it's just kind of not. Uh, The original black and white one, I think I've seen. And it was very creepy because it was, it's so much more a classic cinema kind of feel. Um, I I often wonder though, if they didn't pull back because of the times, like as far as that era of nineties, where the special effects were in transition. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Where it's like, you can show them or you can not. And the ones that really went for it and showed them, now you watch them and go, huh. Yeah. No, maybe, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe go a little film noir, and what you don't see is a little more horrifying than what you do see. Yeah. yeah. But, I don't know. But, I still think it's a good movie. Yeah, I like it. I thought it was a good movie. So, anyway, I'm done. Okay. Except for one more. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Uh, okay, well, with that, let's descend straight into hell. Uh, I, I, we were discussing movies to do a commentary track on. One of the ones that's on the list happens to be a Hellraiser movie, uh, one that I haven't <laughs> seen. And, wow, I was shocked when I went to Netflix to discover that there are, like, a dozen Hellraiser movies. Yep. I only have one through four in my review bank, so I was like, well... Start at five and go from there. 
Hellraiser 5, Inferno. Hit play on it, new within 30 seconds. I have seen this one already. In fact, I think I might have got you to watch this one. I think I you could did. Be, no, I could be wrong on that. That's the Scott Derrickson one. Yeah. This, this is the one with the uh, uh, videotape Cenobite, correct? Yes. Oh, wait. Okay, so if you're looking at um, IMDb, fun fact, Hellraiser Inferno and Hellraiser Hellseeker have the same exact synopsis on IMDb, but the <laughs> synopsis is for Hellseeker, not Inferno. Oh. Okay. Well, at any rate, uh, Inferno is a different kind of Hellraiser movie. And I always struggle because I can barely keep track of which plot synopsis for which film. It just so happens that I watched Inferno again today. And this one is the one where it's like uh, a cop movie. Mm-hmm. But everything he's trying to solve the murder, this child murder, and he's a dirty cop, and blah blah blah. And then at the end, all of a sudden, it's a Hellraiser movie, and he's trapped in a cycle of living the same kind of bullshit over and over again because he's a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. And it's an effective movie, and it works. And yeah, it you should does. watch this movie. Uh, and then you go to Hellseeker, and it's essentially <laughs> the exact same movie, except entirely confusing <laughs> and doesn't make a lick of sense. Like the first. Nope. Literally from the moment I hit play until the last 10 minutes, completely WTF confused, did not know what was going on. I I had guesses, but it was a complete mishmash of flashbacks and um, lucid dreaming and uh, hallucinations, and none of which you could keep track of when any of it was happening. So I, I know it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but literally... That's the way it went. Here's a real I, scene, and then here's a flashback, <laughs> and then here's a dream scene, and then here's a whatever uh, hallucinatory scene. So uh, what? Uh, 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 but then they're doing. I was uh, what? And then you get to uh, the last ten minutes where they explain it all to you. I keep wanting to say uh, uh, Heather Langkamp, but that's the girl from. Oh, it's Ashley Lawrence. It's she Ashley looks a lot Lawrence. similar. Yeah, they look. Um, they look very similar. Heather Langkamp is from Nightmare on Elm Street, and this. Yeah, this is the chick from the first two, and they try and yes, like just they said, shoehorned her in to try and make it an actual. This is the one you come movie. back for. We've had five other shitty sequels. <laughs> this is the one that you come back for. At least Nancy had the decency to die in the third one. Yeah. Oh my god. No. And then New Nightmare. And New Nightmare, yeah. She, well, that's she's least, not Nancy. She's Heather. Uh, yes. Maybe, but yes, but at least you came back for a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's true. For shit's well, sake, you came back for this. We'll agree one. to disagree. <laughs> Oh, you don't like New Nightmare? I'm not a New Nightmare fan, no. Wow. Oh, okay. wow. Oh, that's a good movie. Anyway, forget <laughs> that. We're not getting... I'm not going down the nightmare path. We're, we're stuck in hell. We're in hell, so, yeah. Um, like, I'm shocked you come back for this one. I, okay, so when... Okay. I watched this whole damn movie. So in the last five, ten minutes, they finally tell us what the hell is going on. I don't like what's going on, but I can accept it. And then I realize, <laughs> oh, it's the same character from the first two. I don't like the way they took the character. No, they totally ruined her. I love Kirsty. She's one of my favorite kind of underrated final girls that nobody really ever talks about when they talk about final girls. I agree. And, and then they just kind of fuck her up in that movie. It didn't. It like, didn't work. I, I didn't mm-hmm. like it. It's all of a sudden she's a murderer. She's yeah. Taking, yeah. That that sucked. Uh, yeah. I, the, her reasons for getting rid of Frank in the first one made sense. It was self defense, right. and that guy's you know. 
coming after them. In two, same thing. In this one, it's just like, oh, I'll straight up murder people for you, Pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> Did not like that. So anyway, Inferno is a yes, thumbs up. Uh, Hellseeker, damn, no. So far, that's the lowest point. Maybe I shouldn't say the lowest point of the series so far, because for some reason, part three is this weird gray area black hole of my brain, and I can never remember what the hell happened in that movie. Mm. I have to go it's look at my notes. space one, right? No, that's no, part four. Not. That's part four. That's part four. No. That's... It is? Yeah. No. Yep. Part four is the space one. <laughs> I like that none of us can remember. <laughs> I know. I, part three is the hell on earth thing. That's the one with the Cenobites with CDs spitting out of their heads. And, uh, no, that's the... Co- I thought that was the cut. I don't remember. I know I watched it because I have the review file, yeah. but what is part four then? Part four is oh, they have, it's way back in when the box was, was created, then modern days, and then in outer space. That was oh, Okay, okay, that one, yeah, all right. I didn't love it, but it had some, at least tried some shit. Yeah, but part, uh, part three was the pinhead ends up in church. And he acts like Christ, and he does the the, the crucifix-type scene. Yeah, okay. okay. That's coming back. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I started parts uh, seven. Now I'm on, to de- I'm, on, I'm on to Detter now. which I like Detter. In the first 30 minutes, I w- I'm already liking it more than Hellseeker, just because I know what's going on. And <laughs> I didn't in Hellseeker. Uh, and I should say, with all of these so far, uh, the uh, five, six, seven... It is extremely clear that these were other movies that were, they were shoehorned into being Hellraiser movies. It's so plainly obvious. And then you go look online and they say the exact same damn thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is extremely frustrating because if you're going to be a Hellraiser movie, be a frickin' Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Uh, why, why in the world would you... It's so little that they shoehorn Hellraiser in. That it's just like, why even bother? Obviously, you got Doug Bradley for a day or three. We, we got him for the weekend for 50 grand or some shit. Just, uh, but whatever. I, I don't know. I'm sure they made buku bucks off these things because they were made for peanuts. Cheap, yep. But obviously, I'm going to sit through all of these Hellraiser movies because if I sat through all of the freaking Wishmaster movies, which were Ouch. 10 times worse than these movies, I can, I can manage to have the Hellraiser first in the one's background. not even good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Hellseeker. And it's better than... That's the, well, yeah. I, that I will agree with, <laughs> yeah. but that's not I like how Eugene's like, it's better than... He was about to say three Hellraiser movies, and yeah. he was like... Nah. No, I'm better. Yeah. <laughs> I, on the opposite side of the spectrum, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but Event Horizon was supposed to be a Hellraiser movie. Oh, God. Yeah. But it, it was not. You could have made that a Hellraiser movie, but... Why shoehorn it in? Yeah, it, yeah, no. Yeah. To to make money off the name, I yeah. guess. But what money are they can't making? Can't imagine they made many money off any Hellraiser sequel. It's the lowest uh, fundraising movie of all of the horror trilogies or uh, legacies or whatever the hell you want to call it. Franchises. Yeah, that series has made eighty four million dollars. Which one has wow. Hellraiser? All of the Hellraisers. <laughs> Collectively, they've made eighty-four yes. million dollars. Oh it is wow! The lowest of all of the series is as. as what about um, Puppet Master? That isn't. Uh, you got to go to theater to count. We're talking about one that actually went to a theater. I don't think Hellraiser Hell World went to theater. No, but the first couple did. Yeah, the first yeah, four. The first four did. Did any Puppet Master? <laughs> I think the first one did. Yeah, the first one might have. Yeah, Forty Second Street, seventies. <laughs> Which would have been it's awesome. It's still a movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. 
Coming um, soon to the nightlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eugene, um, over to you. I'm I'm done with Hellraiser. Uh, we might do a Hellraiser movie. That it's very possible, but I got to go see if I can snag a copy of that. You, you never. As soon as I go try and buy it, it'll be like the most ultra rare thing that doesn't exist. Oh, you with DVD? That's fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Henry Cavill's a big star now. You know, you got to yeah. pay a big Hellraiser money for Part Hellraiser. Eight is the most amazing thing that's ever happened. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. So now, as far as the Hellraiser movie, did you finish Deader then? Uh, no, I the kids were around. Okay. It was, a, but I was, I, I have been enjoying it. Okay, because yeah, Car- Carrie Weir, every time she shows up, I mean, your series is dead at that point. Yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> this one here is. It, I don't want to spoil anything, but this is another one you can totally tell. The Cenobites and Pinhead were completely shoehorned in, and even more so in Hellworld, where it's like, oh, oh, this is a Hellraiser movie. That's right. Okay, I forgot. Yep. Oh, that's that's disappointing, because it's such a strong kind of, like, horrible, evil horror movie concept. I don't know. It still freaks me out, and and these last four sequels, it's like, they're in it for ten minutes. Hey, and there's a new one coming out. Yeah. They just announced the casting. And this one actually has a script that is a Hellraiser script. Yes, Sans Pinhead, which is honestly probably the best way to go Yeah, I at agree. this point. Because nobody can, I mean, they tried it in Revelations, and that is awful. Yeah. And I can't Bradley keep track just, of all these damn subtitles. Revelation, <laughs> just give it a number, please. Revelations is fat um, that's, Pinhead. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what... Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I will say this about the one in space. It has a good score. If nothing else, I, I picked up yes. the score for like fifty cents. I was like, "What the hell?" And I was listening to it over, and I was like, "You know what? That's not bad." Yeah. And speaking of the Hellraiser score, I was watching Species not too oh, long yeah. ago, and and the the score started, and I'm like, "This sounds really super. This sounds like Hellraiser." And Christopher Young was the did was the composer for that too, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Random little horror bit yeah. of trivia that nobody cares about <laughs> but me, but that's fine. Oh, <laughs> We just spent how much time talking about Hell, Hellraiser five, six, you. seven, eight that nobody else on the planet and is talking about. You haven't even about. watched them all yet. Yeah. I'm getting there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get through all of them. <laughs> they are all still on Netflix, correct? As yes. far as I know, I I honestly didn't know there was that many sequels to begin with. So there might be twelve by now that I that aren't on Netflix. I I just assume that they're, they're all on there. Now, I'm just so you know, sure if you're if you're eating all of this Taco Bell, and this is Taco Bell. Yeah, you're going to eat the last microwave burrito that's going to give you diarrhea, and that is Revelation. You're going to watch that movie, right? Um, I, I watched Hellseeker. We're we're improving from that low point. Oh, so. just wait no, because your fro- no. your frozen burrito is on its way, buddy. You're going to be one Hellseeker back, baby. No, <laughs> no, hell no! I will never watch that again. That's not Taco Bell burrito. That is a gas station <laughs> microwave burrito. Oh, oh just wait. Maybe oh, drop on just the floor wait. before you put it in that grease pit. By the way, the new one's titled Hellraiser Judgment. Mm, well, as it should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For shit's sake. Okay. And it will feature, oh my god, wait, wait, it will feature A Nightmare on Elm Street's Heather Langenkamp. Yeah. Oh, I just crossed the streams. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Starring uh, Bug Dradley, not quite the right guy, but he's trying really hard. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Anything you guys want to plug or tease or anything, or should we just be done? Um, I ha I, I got word that my uh, new region free Blu-ray player is has been shipped, so that should be arriving shortly. Awesome. 
I which means I'll be be opened up to even more garbage to collect. Yay! Oh, yes. <laughs> um, Eugene, anything for you? No, no. I'm, I'm just more. There, I'm going to have another Cinema Soft Underbelly coming up here soon, where I talk about some Lou Ferrigno canon uh, <laughs> atrocities that are just great. <laughs> I was going to actually. Well, I have a canon atrocity. Actually, I have Matahari. What? I got that from Netflix. <laughs> that's a canon movie. What? What is? That's a movie. Yep. Actually. Oh. Yep. <laughs> okay. I I don't know. I I have no idea. It was on. It was in that documentary, and Jason was like, "I want to see that," and I was like, "Okay." I don't know why you picked that specific one, but okay. <laughs> and it's on Netflix. Matahari. Yeah. No, I'm asking you. Oh no, I got it from DVD. Oh, Netflix. okay. Gotcha. Okay. Because I would have said, I would have, I would have said that would have been one that we would have probably stumbled across and put that on the roulette. If it's a canon movie, <laughs> oh yeah, those get that, those get thrown on the Netflix roulette. Yeah, if you're throwing that damn Nick Cage, uh, whatever movie from last week, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm sure Matahari, any canon film, can we search uh, canon films by Netflix? That would be very helpful. Yes, because seriously, <laughs> actually all... don't, because that's all Eugene will put on. That's all I get to watch. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm over here putting four-star <laughs> documentaries on here. He's like, watch this Matahari <laughs> and Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, uh, yes, and, and, and oh, yeah, I was going to make some sort of a uh, Chuck Norris joke, but now we're, we're done. <laughs> we don't want to get beat up by Chuck Norris. Yes. Okay, that's going to wrap it up this episode. As always, Movie Freaks Pod is your keyword. You can get a hold of us at yahoo.com uh, for your email on Facebook and on Twitter using that Movie Freaks Pod keyword. Visit our friends Cinema Soft Underbelly and Cinema Sidekicks. That's going to do it for this episode. I'm Eric Morgan. I'm Jim Weaver. I'm Jess Hicks. See you guys. Bye. See ya. <laughs>